Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash twip. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial, go to Squarespace.com. You don't need a credit card. You can just sign up for a free account. Try it out. Build your website. Then if you decide to purchase, you can just use the offer code TWIP10 to get 10% off for six months. That's Squarespace.com with the offer code TWIP10. This week on Twitter. Farewell, Steve Jobs. Apple rolls out the iPhone 4S, and Adobe announces a touch version of Photoshop for Android. It's Wednesday, October 5th, 2011, and this is Twitter. And welcome back to TWIP, your weekly source of photographic inspiration. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today on the show is the Dream Team, Mr. Rick Salmon, Sarah France, and Mr. Jack Resnicki. Hey, guys. How you hey, doing? Frederick. Hey, Frederick. Thanks for coming on. This is, uh, this is a very special show for a lot of reasons. Um, so before we get started, let's just you know do a roundtable. Jack, you're, this is your first time hosting with us on this week in photo so welcome and you want to give Thank a you. quick give a quick introduction as to who the resnicki is and what you're all about god if i knew that <laughs> would i really be here um uh well i'm a commercial photographer based in new york um i've shot uh people um with a specialty of photographing kids um, I've been involved in a lot of photo associations. I'm a past president of uh, Professional Photographers of America. I was one of the early board members of APA when it was Advertising Photographers of America in New York. Um, I've written several books on photography, and um, um, I'm just a happy-go-lucky guy. Very cool. And one of the 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 way that we came in contact was at a at a conference and you know, I was sitting in on one of your talks on one of your latest books right and that was on on copyright and all that correct uh, I put a book out with uh, lawyer Ed Greenberg uh, called Photographer Survival Manual and it talks about copyright history of copyright why you need to register your images which is critical is a lot of photographers unfortunately find out uh, too late after they've been infringed that they need to be um, uh, registered and also things like how to write an invoice because we find a lot of photographers don't know how to write a simple invoice so we have mm-hmm. nine points you need on your invoice uh, such as putting on uh, no rights granted until the invoice is paid in full which turns it over into a copyright infringement case rather than just a um, um, uh, non-payment case. Just one little line like that can change the world. That's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. It it can save you from eating your liver. Quite honestly. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the, before we move on, the the amount of feedback that I've gotten from that interview that you and I did on that topic has been outstanding. I mean, people have been gushing with praise about your book and saying thank you for putting it out and 
how it's taken a lot of time away from their life because they're now copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> Just, so, well, thank but you for that. But they feel a lot better about it. I yes. mean, that's, uh, yeah. And I will say the the one thing about the book, it, even though it sounds like a dry subject, it's it's really written uh, very it's very accessible. It's an easy read. Yep. Yep. It is. It's awesome. Um, and also on the show, back on the show from a long hiatus, is Mr. Rick Salmon. Hey, Rick. Hey, Frederick, and everyone. Uh, and just about Jack. Uh, you know, he teaches at Photoshop World. His sessions are packed. So he he makes learning fun. You know, I, that's what I like to do. And he makes learning fun and entertaining and informative. So Jack is definitely uh, one of my heroes for sure. As do yeah. you. You also make learning fun at your, your talks and your workshops and all that, right? Wait, well, you have to, right? Who wants to, you know, I think people want to be, uh, you know, informed, but they also want to be, you know, they want to leave a workshop. They want to leave a seminar, you know, feeling good, yeah. right, about themselves. And that's one of the things that I really try to do in, in everything I do whether it's a post or a seminar or a workshop or a podcast or, or whatever, you know, try to give people a little inspiration. Because, <laughs> Frederick, if I could do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I, don't know. <laughs> uh, um, I, tell, I tell people I'm not better than anyone else. I just work harder. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of that, what have you been working on? Are you, uh, are you you're gearing up for several things? And I know you're, you're always on the road. So what's next for you? Well, uh, this is October. Uh, later in October, I'm going to be on Creative Live, three days of uh, teaching from 9 to 4, <laughs> live. Wow. So that's going to be uh, pretty uh, info-packed. I've been working on that for a few months, pretty prepared for that. Uh, no more books for me, just apps. I think I have seven apps now. And, so you're uh, holding true to that. You, on one show, you announced live on This Week in Photo that you were no longer going to publish any books. So. On your show. Yeah, you're going to hold to that and you're not doing any more, di- not killing any more trees, huh? No, well, the apps are amazing. And you know Dr. Dave Wilson, the app develop- one of my app developers, right? Yeah. No, now he- what he did, he, he worked his magic. And uh, he went for days without food and water, you know, <laughs> locked in a hatch. You- did you ever watch Lost? Yes. You know, the hatch? <laughs> yeah. He was locked in a hatch. And he made one of my apps, IHDR, which is one of my best selling apps for the iPad. So you could watch it, uh, so you could view it on a computer, on a laptop, on a de- Mac laptop, a desktop, PowerBook. It's amazing what this guy did. So it's truly Not- a universal app then, right? Yes. And so I think, you know, we're going more and more in uh, that direction. iPhone apps, iPad apps, uh, computer apps, apps are where it's at. Yeah. For me. Very good. Congratulations on all that. You're always, you're always burning the candle at both ends. I was wondering how much wax you have left. Well, I have a son at Tufts, so uh, so it costs a few bucks a year, so I better have a few more apps. Yeah, awesome. And also on the show is Sarah France, Miss Sarah France. Hey, Sarah, how you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. Very good. So you've been busy as well. What's what's going on in the world of uh, wedding photography in Southern California and all that magic? <laughs> the usual madness. <laughs> uh, we are doing a ton of awesome weddings. I mean, honestly, this year was so strange where a large majority of my weddings are at the end of the year. So hmm. we're actually in the middle of kind of busy wedding season right now, which is which is unusual, but I'm grateful for it. And we've got a ton of other stuff. I'm going to be out at Photo, Photo Plus, which I'm sure everybody else oh. is going to be out there too. So I'm excited to go to New York, mm-hmm. which will be great. We should have dinner while I'm out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love seeing the guys over at Adorama, too. They're awesome and just visiting all the cool places in New York. It's so much fun. Yep. Very cool. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. 
All right, guys. Uh, somber news before we jump in. Um, I was just driving back to the house, and I got the AP message that Steve Jobs had passed away. So very yeah, sad. Chuck. I mean, you know, we all knew it was coming, but it, it unfortunately is here, and it, uh, you know, it's we're going to be hearing about it and talking about it over the next several, God, who knows, you know, years, I guess. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that and give a nod to it. We don't have to go into a retrospective on Steve's life or anything <laughs> for the show, but just wanted to give a nod to that. And as we move into story one, which is um, about Apple and the iPhone 4S that was just launched yesterday, which now has become Steve's last product launch, you know, that he had that he was involved in. So the 4S, as it relates to... This Week in Photo or Photographers, the big thing is that camera and that processor in that thing, right? So um, have you guys had a chance to look at the specs? Sarah, I'll, th- I'll throw it to you first. Have you had a chance to look at the specs for the, the new iPhone 4S? Oh, yeah. I was paying close attention during the keynote. I was like, tell me all about it. So <laughs> I definitely was paying a lot of attention to like the 73% more light per pixel. Yeah. And, Isn't that insane? Uh, 73%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 33% faster camera. I was like, there was quite a few things that I felt like were really big um, changes, them adding kind of the extra lens. So it now has um, five element lenses and Mm -hmm. it's 30% sharper and F2.4, which I thought was phenomenal for. I want to see that in action because that seems that's a little tiny lens, and I think historically the the lenses on these camera phones have been, I don't know, you know, infinite depth of field. <laughs> I don't. I want to yeah. see if you can actually get a shallow depth of field shot with a camera phone. I don't. Know. Well, yeah. and I don't. I don't think you can actually control it. So the only way to really see good depth of field is to get into low light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, sure right. that's going to be the case. Like when he showed the photos uh, on the keynote. I noticed that the only photo I really noticed to shallow depth the field in was the sunset shot that he took. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, or that whoever took that was taking it. But they, yeah. face detection. I mean, just a ton of of really amazing things that I think that they've kind of updated the phone, the camera itself with. The thing I want to know is, what about the flash? Like, personally, I don't ever want to use the flash. But the only time that I want my point and shoot camera over my iphone is when i go out at night with friends and i'm like have to take a picture with a flash i'm the, hoping the party pictures for yeah. facebook and yeah that kind of thing. i'm i'm hoping the 73 percent more light is going to take care of that but i really think that every once in a while you need a kick of light and other phones have just done that part so much better i'm just they didn't talk about it at all, so I'm assuming they didn't change it at all. So, yeah, yeah. but I'm still well, super stoked about the camera. We'll see. You still have to know who's who's using the camera. I mean, it's it's people who really don't want to get the absolute technically best picture. They want to capture the moment. Right. It's about yeah. the con- it's about the context, and you know the way these cameras are going around. It also means you have to be careful out there these days because everything is being photographed yeah. you know anytime there's anything happening it's first things people pull out is their uh, cell phone cameras uh it's really made it accessible but i i really see these cameras i'm not getting too hung up on the on the specs on it because they're just going to get better and better um yeah. and and that'll continue but i i see these cameras as just simply being um a gateway drug um 
it really introduces a lot of people to photography and um, you know what it's doing is the obvious thing. It's 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 really hurting the point and shoot market uh, because why buy a small point and shoot when your cell phone camera can handle that? But what it's also doing is I think it's spurring the DSLR market, where I'm seeing more and more people. Uh, they're asking me at least. Uh, they're asking me what's a good DSLR camera to get, and they definitely want to step up. And uh, that's why I see these these uh, point and shoots as something uh, that gets people interested in photography, and it's continuing in what's uh, an explosion of an interest in photography, which is wonderful for us to teach because uh, <laughs> it just keeps expanding the market. Yeah. So, so Rick, Rick Salmon, are you going to? How is this going to affect you? Are you going to change your curriculum around and the things that you're teaching in workshops to to accommodate these increasingly robust portable cameras? Well, I actually have a book. When I used to write books, it's called uh, Confessions of a Compact Camera Shooter. And it came out, it came out a few years ago, and I confess that for a year, I went around with little compact cameras, Canon G10, and I took all the pictures in the book with the little uh, compact camera. So I, you know, I always have a little compact camera with me, but I'm going to an event tomorrow night uh, in New York City, and I wanted a really good top-of-the-line compact camera because I really need some good pictures of this event. Yeah. And you'll see some of the pictures on my website. So I borrowed, uh, I borrowed a, the top-of-the-line top uh, point-and-shoot uh, camera from my friends at Canon because I really need great pictures. Of course, I'm going to have my iPhone there you yeah. know, to check the stock market in case that tanks again. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, but, wait. So which, which top-of-the-line? You can't, you can't drop that but, bomb and not tell us well, which I'm camera. A, I, I don't know if it's the top-of-the-line, but it's, one of the, it's a PowerShot Elf 310HS. It's blue. It's kind of cool. It has a flash. But it has like a – I actually want to be on a boat. So it has like a built-in wind filter in it, which is uh, kind of cool. It has mm. the image stabilization, which is very, very cool. I know Jack knows a lot about the image stabilization and how important that is. It does, you know, high-definition movies. So I think if for if you're really serious about your pictures, you know, you, you want to get a really good uh, point-and-shoot camera in addition to your D- DSLR like Jack was talking about. But, of course, I, I take a million pictures, you know, with my iPhone too. Yeah. So one of the things that comes up all the time on this show is when are point and shoots going to die and if they're going to die, you know, because, because like Jack was saying, the camera technology in these camera phones is going, is getting better, not worse. And at some point they're going to dovetail if they haven't already with point and shoot cameras. So, you know, at what point, at what point do you not take your, you know, do you not take your uh, point and shoot camera with you and just defer to the iPhone? Well, it's not just an iPhone. It's I have a Droid, by the way. Um, which, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when I say I'm using the word iPhone, ubiquitous for is, smartphone. Yeah. Is a smartphone, and, and that's exactly what they're becoming. It's it's becoming more and more dependent on uh, on that little thing in your pocket. I mean, um, uh, <laughs> how much of what you use it for is to make a phone call? I mean that that percentage is going down. It seems like we're using uh, that thing for more and more things these days. Listen to music, to uh, catch your uh, email, like you said, check the stock market, and uh, the phone is just one other function that it's uh, doing. It's just replacing other things. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, I don't know if it's for the same for men as it is for women, but um, still, you know, we usually have these gigantic purses we can carry stuff in. But I'm not that kind of girl I like to have as as little amount as possible. So, 
you know, if I can get away with not bringing a point and shoot, I will, especially out with friends or, you know, out on a day where I'm going to be carrying a lot of stuff. And I, for guys, it seems like, you know, the extreme where you're carrying stuff in your pockets and it's not like bringing a point and shoot is easy. And so a lot of times I find that I bring my, my phone and I take pictures with it, even though I know I could get a better a shot in some cases, it's just not worth carrying the gear depending on what you're, on what you're doing. I mean, obviously I'm a photographer. So if I'm going out on like a vacation and a day out, I'm going to bring a good camera and I'm, and I'm going to expect to do that. But, um, on my day to day life, I find that I just use the iPhone so much for kind of a just general stuff. And I almost feel a little guilty, you know, because here I am a professional photographer and I'm, spending a lot of time on this like phone that's on my camera that or camera that's on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But it's, it's, it depends on what you're, as you said, what you're using it for. If you're taking pictures that are basically going to live uh, digitally, um, you're not going to blow them up into uh, large prints that you're going to put on a, a gallery wall. It's just things for the memory. I mean, the same reason other people take pictures. It's it's what you're taking pictures of. Years ago, I, I was at a convention, um, and one of the things that came up is the camera phones that were just starting and people were saying well it, it takes lousy little pictures and i think one guy actually um got lousy little pictures.com at that moment um <laughs> except actually it was another word but i'm not going to go there yeah. um, <laughs> and and the point was made and, and i i wrote about it and when i was writing for peterson's years ago that it it's again about the context people really don't care that it's not technically perfect picture and somebody wrote to me who was a photographer and he said you know i took my five-year-old son fishing and um he caught his first fish and the only thing i had in the boat was a little um uh, my cell phone camera so i took a picture of that and sent it to my wife he said now it's it's a little blurry and it you know isn't too good and this and that but that picture means a lot to the family you know throughout um, their, quote, family history, this is something their son is going to cherish, you know, until he's quite old. So the fact that it isn't technically perfect really doesn't matter. It caught the moment. It's the context. And a lot of times you're out and your friends, you just want to have pictures you're going to put on Facebook or somewhere else just to share. Yeah, and, and speaking Hi. speaking of somewhere else, the other thing that Apple announced that I think directly relates to us is their new card service where you can take a photo and order it <clears throat> and have it delivered anywhere in the world for, you know, varying fees directly from your your iPhone. Does that you think that will affect things? Like Rick Salmon, I'll throw it to you first. Does that make is that gonna are you would you actually use a service like that while you're out, say at this party tomorrow night, take a picture and then, you know, send a card to someone or is that are we are we going back in time uh i really haven't thought about that um probably not a card no yeah. i send i send pictures a lot mm-hmm. but uh yeah i don't know i don't know about that you're not gonna send a hallmark huh? yeah <laughs> not, gonna, not gonna send uh, a hallmark you know i'll post it somewhere but i don't know if i'll do that yeah what about you sarah are you i'm sure you saw that service is that yeah. is that of use to you as a especially as a wedding shooter I think as long as it's inside the U.S., it's two ninety nine, mm-hmm. and it was like any any basically that include the card and the shipping, if I remember correctly. But yeah, yep. Um, I I totally think it's cool. I I think I'm actually going to use it. Like 
They let me just give you an idea of like when I would use it. Now, keep in mind because you knew I was going to ask that. Yeah, <laughs> because you're like, what the heck? Why would you use this? Keep in mind, this may be a female thing, but I just think that um, people love paper. They they love like surprises in the mail, and the only thing that we get in the mail anymore is bills. I yeah. mean, I was going to say, I don't know about you, I hate anymore. mail. I hate yeah, my mailbox. I, <laughs> I hate it totally, and I think it's such a cool thing that for like three bucks you can. Send somebody a quick photo of the two of you. And I don't know about you you guys, but my family is on me all the time to like give them photos, even though I'm a photographer. I love to deliver them digitally, but they want prints. Like they're old school. So um I kind of feel like if I just took one of those photos and like sent it in a card, I'd just be a hero. So I think there's those moments when you're with friends, you see someone you haven't seen in a long time, like things like that, that if you can do it from your phone and just like send it and be done, it would be sweet. Now, of course, I want to see it and I want to make sure it's good quality before I start sending these to everybody. But I think it's really cool. I I think I'm totally going to use it. Okay, cool. All right. And what about you, uh, Mr. Riznicki? Would you uh, send digital cards gone physical? Um, yeah, if the situation called for it, yeah. I mean, the two ninety nine, as Sarah said, is is a pretty cheap way of uh, sending something to get somebody off your back uh, from the family. <laughs> but I would also do it. With, oh, it's uh, not. I love that. It's yeah, yeah, it's right. not about sending love and, and yeah, yeah, thoughts. Get it's about like getting the people off your back. You know, get the heck well, out of here. The other thing too is if if you're doing a, a shoot, um, you know, with a client, and you do the group shot at the end or something like that, I would definitely try. If I had that service, I would send it to the client um, because then you know I don't have to download the image, touch it up a little, uh, yeah. make a print, get it. It it the amount of work it would take. Um, it probably wouldn't get done most of the time, but if it was hit a couple buttons, make sure it gets to uh, the client. It's a really good uh, reinforcement. It's a good way to say hello. And um, if they've hired you for a job, they already know the quality of your work. I'm not going to worry that it's not going to be absolutely perfect. Again, it's about the context, about sending them something from that moment, from a memory, and just staying in touch with them. But for the convenience, yeah, I would do it. Yeah. Well, and. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be on the iPad. It's on all iOS devices, so I'm assuming it's going to be on the iPad as well. So it from the iPad, you could easily like put a photo onto your iPad, like a good quality one. They're on there anyways for me. Like an idea I had was just to send it out as an anniversary card. It's a quick, easy send. I can do it from my iPad from anywhere, and just I've got photos on my iPads from all my clients, and we, and we track their anniversaries. So. I could send them a quick anniversary card with their photo with the, for two ninety nine. Yeah, that's yeah. that's an easy no brainer. I think I would use it too. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I'm not going to be the card sending maniac, you know. But I would <laughs> definitely for special occasions or something, or even like you know for something like job seekers that are out there. You go on an interview and instead of sending the thank you letter, wouldn't it be nice to like send some sort of picture or really nice letterpress card back, you know, and you can do it from the car as you're leaving. I don't know. Yeah. It, it opens up the physical world, you know, a little bit more. I think who, who did it? Postagram did that, has that service for the iPhone that allows you to send postcards from your, from your, uh, your library. Um, I think that's, that was awesome as well. So, but I've, you know, honestly, even with that service and it's easy, it's like two clicks with your thumb. You can be sending a picture to someone I've used it once. So I don't know if it'll be a novelty yeah. or, you know. It, it might be like, I think I heard somebody saying it was going to, might be like FaceTime. 
you know, mm-hmm. everybody was like really excited, but no one really uses it. So mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be interesting to see if it really gets picked up, but, um, I think it can be a cool service. I, I think if Apple's listening, can you also introduce a way for us to just tag in some sort of like gift card in it too? That would be fantastic. Birthdays would be so much easier. There's the marketer thinking that would be cool to put an iTunes gift card in there, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, like or and yeah, iTunes gift card in there. It's easy. I'm I, that's easy for me. I'd be all over that. <laughs> Talk right. about getting people off your back. All right. Speaking of people being on other people's back, um, our friends over at Nikon have fallen under fire for um, basically just to paraphrase it. And before I go into this story, I just wanted to, to full disclosure, two of our guests, Jack and Rick, are are canon explorers of light. So, um, you know, I'm not expecting you guys to go down any paths of, of saying anything crazy. But, you know, the, I think we can this conversation, I wanted to take it in the direction of of something else basically the comment was they claim that photographers are only as good as their equipment i'm paraphrasing it but uh actually no i think that was the quote (laughs) photographers are only as good as their equipment which started a whole firestorm so it's you know notwithstanding nikon just talking about this the the topic of gear and the importance of gear and how much a role having gear or you know good gear plays in your photography i wanted to have that just a quick discussion around that and in, in rick i want to throw it to you first so you're on a desert island um with with a guy who just le- is just learning photography and you both have high-end dslrs or actually let's flip it right. he has a high-end dslr and you have that camera that you just bought to take to the party tomorrow I get a little point to it, right. <laughs> you know who i mean Paint a picture for me. Could you could you get some good work out of it, or is he going to hand you your lunch? Well, we could use another analogy. Do, does anyone here play golf? No, I do not. Well, Sorry. I play golf. I Ruin actually have a, good a golf. Walk. Ruin a good that's walk. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's What's the that? <laughs> Playing golf is a great way to ruin a beautiful walk uh, on a nice day. But I actually have a golf app. I'm pretty into golf, and it's the same thing with golf clubs. You know, uh, you know, if I'm on that desert island, Frederick, that that you mentioned. And Tiger Woods is there, you know, or Mickelson with his flip shot, with his flop shot there, you know, and a pair of, uh, you know, Spalding golf clubs. I think he might do a little better than I would do, you know, with the top of the line Callaways. Yeah, yeah. So, but so it I, doesn't I, matter. You're saying it doesn't matter. Well, no, uh, I, I'm I'm saying with with uh, with uh, with Mickelson, in, in that golf case, it wouldn't matter. But I think what matters is, like Jack was saying before, it's the gear that you're comfortable with, and and the gear that you can dep- that a photographer can depend on and trust. So, um, but it still depends. It, it, if you don't mind interjecting, it, it still depends on on the the photographer and their eye. It's oh, yeah. it's an- another analogy that I use all the time. Is is well, I'm going to buy me one of them um, typewriters that Hemingway used. You know, I'm going to find out which one he used. I'm going to get me one of them typewriters, and I'm going to write me one of them <laughs> novel thingies. Um, right. You know, it's it's the India, not the arrow. It's um, if I gave Rick, I know, a point-and-shoot camera and somebody else had a top-of-the-line camera, doesn't mean they know how to frame their picture and what to get and get that right moment. It's um, I would put my money on Rick, that mm-hmm. Rick would come back with uh, a better shot than an amateur would. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's understanding the, the, the fundamentals of photography, right? I mean, it's composition, it's light, it's exposure, all that stuff is is 
the you know travels from camera to camera it doesn't change depending on the camera and the one kind of ethereal thing that you sprinkle in over top of that physics stuff is talent and having an eye for what you what you're trying to capture so you know the the whole idea that ph- photographers are only as good as their equipment i'm going to call bs on that you know <laughs> we've been we've been fighting that since yeah. you know for over 100 years i mean it's it's you know one of the companies growing up in rochester when i did it, you know that uh, i love is kodak uh, you know with all the stuff they're going through but george eastman really started it when he did you know you press the button and we do the rest mm-hmm. And professional photographers have sort of been fighting that concept where all you're doing is pressing a button. Um, you know, it's it's not just pressing the button. It's knowing when and where to press that button. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, it's... Uh, didn't Kodak, it's, speaking of Kodak, Jack, didn't they at some point, and they may still have this, have those little little monuments around the it, it, it strategic uh, picturesque yes. points yes. that are Kodak well, moments? So at, you, at Disney World, they yeah. used to have that at Disney World. I don't know. If, I don't think they still do that anymore. They have do the they have settings on them, or is it just like take a picture from here? Does it say take a picture from here and use F eight at the shutter speed? <laughs> <laughs> and people will still mess it up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, we've we've talked about this topic before. The whole gear versus talent thing. And David Dushman is is famous for waving the flag of it's not the gear, dude. You know, get out there and learn photography and put some mileage on your trigger finger, and you'll be a better photographer. Don't try to use the placebo of oh, I could I could be as good as Rick Salmon if only I had the gear that Rick Salmon shoots with. Not the case, yeah. right? So, I- but- I would just jump in and say that I I totally agree with you guys. I think that that definitely is the case. But um, just on a side note of like of Nikon in this post specifically, like I I I think it's getting a lot of flack, and I totally understand why. But at the same time, like it's a Facebook post. It it was a piece of a post, and and you know it was probably it was silly to put it in, but. Um, to knock the whole company for one little statement is probably a little, probably a little extreme. But it's starting such great conversation that I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's really awesome that it started such great conversation, and, and hopefully people will take it for that. And hey, their their social media expert, whoever posted this, is not going to make me sell all my Nikon lenses. That's all no, <laughs> yeah. of course, of course not. Yeah. And I and I do have to say that I think. In the context of if you are, if if the photographer is the same and everything is the same, if you put a better camera on the, if you put a better lens on the camera that you're using, you may know, you know, you're going to notice a difference in like maybe what you can create or, or what you can get. So I understand kind of what they were trying to say, but the statement obviously did not come out right because if he follows it with. You know, basically, do you have a do you have Nikkor any Nikkor lenses? So his point was that better lenses might make your your images better. I think is kind of where whoever posted this, him or her, um, was going with it, and I think that that's. A, they probably somewhat they, about maybe point. they were dyslexic and they probably just should have flipped it and <laughs> said your equipment is only as good as the photographer wielding it. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your equipment maybe can can enhance the image you're already capturing. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, you know, the the cameras are just getting to be so sophisticated now with the, you know, um, uh, image stabilization and face recognition. Um, I'm waiting for the image recognition where you hold up the camera and the camera's <laughs> going to talk back to you and say, dude, really? You going to take this? Well, well, Jack, <laughs> you, know, Jack, you sure? In, 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 in the early 80s, I worked uh, for Minolta. Do you remember the Minolta Talker? No, no. Minolta had a camera called the Talker, and, and, it's, and, it, and uh, if, it, if it was uh, too dark and you needed the flash, which did, not, which did not come on automatically, it said, too dark, use flash. What? <laughs> too dark, yeah, yeah. use flash. You like, so had an accent when you said that. That was so cute. Well, that's what it said. <laughs> Uh, That's great. And wait, I forget what there were two or three sayings, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, so so we had talking talking cameras uh, even way back then. Back to the future. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. The third story um, is about Flickr. So they're they're this this week they rolled out a new feature called Session. And it's an interactive way, basically, for photographers or shooters, flickerers, to share photo streams and sets with friends. So you can browse and chat together in real time on you know, either your computer or your mobile device. I think they have, have support for iPhone and iPad initially. So the, two questions on this. Have you guys seen this yet? And B... Is this are these the death throes of Flickr because they're they're finally innovating and I may be being harsh on them but you know there's so many other services out there that are doing some really cool stuff you know including Apple including 500 pixels um, all these other guys are making all these really cool services Flickr's been around since the beginning of time and now you know we're seeing a little glimmer of light in there so does this mean that they're back is this they're jumping back into the ring swinging or is it you know they're they're the EKG jumping, just jumping blipped. The shark. <laughs> yeah. You mean is this jumping the shark? Yes, or have they jumped the shark? And you know, I don't know. What do you think, Rick? Well, I haven't uh, tried it. I, w- I was just checking it out. But as we were talking uh, before the show about you know different ways to share your pictures, uh, Google Plus is where it's at for me. Mm. And I don't know if you want to you know get to that more yeah. later. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. yeah. So what does that mean? So the, before we before we get to the Google Plus thing. Yeah. Jack, have you tried the the Flickr photo session? Nope, I, I haven't. You're not a fan of Flickr, from the if I remember from your talk, you were like yeah. you know, from a copyright perspective, keeping your images as far away from online services as possible because of the terms of service, right? Yeah, it's it's a personal thing for me. Is yeah, the terms of service. I have a problem with a lot of these uh, different things. Now, that's not to say that it's not beneficial for a lot of people. There's a lot of people that have gotten a lot of uh, benefits. It depends on where you are in your career and what you're trying to do. So it's I can't make a blanket statement saying, oh, gee, you know, stay away from this. It's it's worked for people. But I know in Flickr, there's there's been a lot of stuff where where images have gotten picked up. There was one where. Uh, was it Toyota or one of the car companies picked up some pictures and put it in a brochure without telling anybody they were using their pictures? And yeah. you know the photographers are saying, "Well, I'm waiting for the ad agency to contact me." And it's like, "Oh, dude, no, that's when I call my lawyer and have my lawyer contact them." Um, but the, some of the terms of services uh, do allow for third-party usages, and you have to be very, very careful at it, uh, what it is. Um, uh, I don't really post many pictures on on anything at this point but that's me um uh, i can point to a couple photographers who've made their whole careers uh, posting things online and getting some very good jobs with it so it's uh it, it's something i'm i'm still 
taking a look at. But as far as Flickr, yeah, I, you know, these days it seems like these companies come and go so quickly. Facebook, um, they say, is just about to become the highest valued company in the world, past General Motors, past Apple. Wow. Um, uh, but the same person who's predicting that, saying that that's going to happen, is predicting that in ten years that Facebook won't even exist. You know, it's um, you know, Rick, do you have any pictures on a on a side quest or on a zip drive? <laughs> no, no, but uh, I do. I do remember what they were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's things are changing quickly, mm-hmm. and they constantly change. And uh, it's one of the benefits of of technology, and and one of the it's, things that it makes can it fun. Crazy. Yeah, it makes it fun. Sarah, what about you? Are you uh, you a Flickr-er? Or do you, do you hear about this this new service? What do you think? Um, well, I've heard about it, but I'm, I'm not a Flickr. <laughs> a Flickr-er-er-er? No. <laughs> Flickr-er-er. Um, well, it sounds cool for, like, consumers and stuff, but I, 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 I don't know a lot of people using Flickr, but that might just be my circle. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of people using the service, and and... Being able to kind of sit online seems like maybe it would be cool. But honestly, I just want to jump online when it's convenient for me. So trying to, you know, jump online with somebody and look through photos is not like a huge priority for me. So it's not really filling a niche that I that I need in my personal or professional life. So it's, it's cool, but it's probably not something I'll ever use. So what about Google Plus? So, uh, Rick Salmon, I know you've thrown your hat into the ring or jumped into the pool on the Google Plus bandwagon. Why have you done that, and what's so cool about Google Plus from a photographer's standpoint? Well, I'm on your page uh, right now on Google Plus. Well, first of all, I just wrote a post on it, and I said Google Plus is good, clean, fun. But uh, after each word, I put a period like it's good, period, clean, period, fun, period. It's so good, you know, uh, it's a great way to share your pictures. I post stuff there two or three times a day, but I'm pretty into this whole social media thing because, you know, this is what I do. I want to, you know, spread the word about what I do, and I think Google Plus is the way to to go. Trey Ratcliffe, I know, is a tremendous fan of, uh, you know him, right? Everyone knows Trey. Yeah. Uh, he's a big mm-hmm. he's a big fan. So and the circles and the hangout. So it's really it's really a good I say good. It's really a great uh, marketing tool. But uh, so it's clean. I just love the way it's. I was just on the Flickr. You know, Flickr looks okay. Facebook looks okay. But Google Plus is clean and just fun. You know, I post you know a lot of fun stuff there. I posted a picture of me uh, cutting the lawn during my recent Croton on Hudson uh, workshop here. Got a lot of nice comments, but I posted in the last uh, two days, I posted uh, three Photoshop movies up there. So I'm just finding it's a great way to share. And, you know. But why, why only one? Why, why be in a monogamous relationship when you can have a <laughs> polyamorous relationship well, with all I'll these tell services? You what, because on, on, you know, I follow all this stuff closely, you know, how many people are following. You know, so far it says uh, uh, 21,000 people have me in their circles. This happened like in a month. On Google Plus, on Twitter, I've been on there for three years. I have like sixteen thousand, and Facebook, uh, I don't, I don't even count anymore. Yeah. So I think more people are interested, especially younger people, and I think people like stuff that's new. So I, I find, I mean, I've gotten more business out of Google Plus in the last month than I've gotten from anything else. Wow. Now that's mm-hmm. a huge statement. What about you, Sarah? Has Google Plus been integrated into your workflow or your life at all? I'm really enjoying this conversation for the, that exact reason. I'm like, tell me more. So I have, I 
I wanted Google Plus when it first came out, but I'm a Google Apps user, and they said no. No right. for Google Apps users. And they still say no for Google Apps users. So finally, I just broke down and like used a different email address and was like, I'll fix it later. So hopefully, it'll be fixable later, and I'll be able to switch it to my real email address. But um, I I just haven't really like gotten into it yet. I'm like, people are starting to put me in their circles and stuff, but it's not even completely filled out. And I, I'm still trying to like really get what it's all about. So I, th- I think it sounds really cool. And now that you told me even more about it, I'm, I'm going to go, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to awesome. go make sure I'm all, I'm all set up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. What, what I tell, what I tell people is for, you know, like my mother told me, actually my mother told me two things. One, first impressions are really important. And number two, you never know who's watching. So when you design your Google page, Put your best pictures up there. You have a chance to put up uh, five pictures. They have to be cropped square. So you crop your pictures square. So, you know, you want to make that good first impression. And there's a bunch where you can put, like, bragging rights. They they make it fun. But talk about you never know who's watching. You know, you never know who could be finding you here. You know, I've gotten jobs like teaching private workshops in Botswana through uh, things I've posted on the web. So Google Plus is definitely where it's at. Very cool. All right, guys, before we move on, I want to give a quick nod to one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. They're the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, and they feature audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. And for TWIP listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook of your choice just to give you a chance to try out the service. And one audiobook to consider that I'm re-listening to right now is Getting Things Done by David Allen. Getting Things Done. I've listened to it about five times already. I'm on time number six, and I get something new out of it every time. But it's uh, it's a book about um, what the title says, Getting Things Done. But... uh, putting some structure around how to get, you know, people like all of us have a million things to do at any one, at any given time. How do you get your brain around that? And how do you, how do you get things done in the most efficient way? And so he's sort of put a, put a whole movement around that. And it's been going on for several years now. So if you haven't heard of it, definitely use your free audiobook and get that book and check it out. And again, if you want to get your free audiobook, just head over to audiblepodcast.com forward slash twip. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash twip. All right, guys, the last story that we're going to hit on today is Adobe. Uh, Adobe has announced the Photoshop or an application called Photoshop Touch. Um, It's an app that lets you basically do a lot of Photoshop things like combine images, apply effects, and um, they've got sharing built into it, like for Facebook, etc., and all that's from a tablet, but initially for Android only. So question to this team is, or to this group, do you want a Photoshop app, a Photoshop-like application on your tablet or iPhone, or are they more suited for kind of Instagram, like one-off, point-and-click, shoot-it-off-to-friends effects? Sarah, I'll throw it to you first. Um, you know... And that's a really good question because I'm trying to figure out if I would really use this or not because I really don't manipulate images from my iPad. So, um, or even from, from my iPhone every once in a while, I'll manipulate something, but it's usually something I took on the iPhone. So it's not necessarily in need of like intense adjustment, but anything Adobe does, 
um, in this area, I usually love. So I'm, I'm happy to have it as a tool for sure. Whether or not I'll really use it, I don't know. But I definitely hit the notify me button when it when it becomes available for iOS. Yeah. Um, and I'm a little jealous that Android has it already. Yeah. And, it, and I'm confused. No, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Politics. But, Politics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So uh, I think it's going to be cool. But I'd love to hear what you guys think about it, too. I don't know if the well, Android Rick, Rick users Salmon, Rick it. Salmon yeah. is our relative, <laughs> our, our, our uh, resident app expert. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Rick? Well, I'm going to get it. It sounds like, uh, you know, Sarah mentioned a tool. I don't know if I, I'd use it as a tool, but I might use it as a, I hope I don't you know, hurt anyone that Adobe's feelings. I might use it as, I don't even want to say a toy, but something for fun. Like, have you guys tried the Nick software Snapseed? Oh, yeah. I have it. No, I haven't played with it that? yet. Oh, well, Snapseed, it's, it's like an, it, you, you could play with it. It's, like, it's, an, it's an app that you could download from the Nick software site, and you put on your iPad, and you could upload a picture, and you could do like a million different effects using you know, some of the traditional Nick software um, you know, effects. And you could turn you know, a straight picture into a much more artistic picture. So it's called Snapseed, and it's from Nick software. So it's fun. You know, my wife and I were playing with this, and I'm on planes a lot. And uh, Frederick knows I'm super hyper. You know, it's one minute to nine before we're recording. Oh, is it on tonight? Oh, when are we going? <laughs> so, you know, I, I always need something to do. Yeah. <laughs> always. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, this will it'll be fun. And you know what? If you, if you, if I, you might stumble upon something here, and you might say, hey, this is a cool effect. And then you might try it in Photoshop. So I, I definitely think uh, this is going to be great. So like Sarah, I'm, I'm a, I click the uh, notify me button. Yeah. On the website, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to play with it as well. What about you, uh, Mr. Resnicki? You going to you going to jump in and play with this thing? Uh, probably not. Um, I'm well. I'll probably play with it. Yeah, and because I want to be aware of it. But uh, for me, Photoshop is you know I, I want to have my calibrated monitor. I'm going to use you know my my um, uh, X-ray calibration and get where I want. And I'm using Photoshop for heavy lifting, and I'm using it for heavy pixel pushing. And um, uh, I'm I might do as Rick said. I mean the Nick. Um, uh, uh, app is really cool and it, it it's amazing how much that can do and it's nice and simple and it's really what i want to do on an ipad but i think photoshop is really smart in in coming out with an app like this um you know photoshop is a, such a, a huge program it's it's changed the way we've we work with pictures for sure i mean it's affected everything in photography um and the fact that it's so huge i think is is its strong point and its greatest weakness it's it's become um it's become a generic term for working with images but the software itself is is intimidating and complex for most people and I think it, everybody knows what Photoshop is, and it's you know they're they're in danger of becoming a verb, which is a, a whole trademark issue. Um, but in coming out with something like this, they're just making it more accessible uh, to the average person, which I think is a, is a smart idea. And I'm going to play with it just so that um, I understand it and know the uh, terminology and, and just what it can do uh, for the people that I teach and talk to. Yeah, yeah, it's but, interesting. Go, go but ahead. as a pro, yeah, it's just it's it's not enough, as Rick said. It's just something uh, to play with on on certain things. Well, I do I do find it interesting, kind of when you guys are talking about the the cameras, kind of getting people excited about DSLRs. I think this might do the same thing. I mean, a lot of iPad users are just you know business people or people who want to be 
do take better photos, that sort of thing. And maybe if they get in and play with this, they'll kind of like want to jump into Photoshop, even though they're a little scared and intimidated of it. So it might just bridge that gap or at least kind of get people excited about it as more of a, an introductory toy. So the gate, the gateway drug into Photoshop or elements, right? The gateway drug. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here nodding my head, which which we haven't figured out how to work on uh, over the <laughs> internet yet. But I'm just nodding my head up and down right now. Yeah. Okay, good. I was wondering which way you were nodding. That was up and down, up and down. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like what Sarah was alluding to, it's still it, it is definitely weird that it's coming out on Android first and yeah. not iOS. So. Well, yeah. I think I think Adobe and Apple have a slightly strained relationships sometimes so Mm -hmm. maybe that's why yeah yeah they're the married couple that sleeps in separate bedrooms (laughs) but they still love each other they still they can't they can't get divorced because you know yeah exactly they need each other yes yeah all right uh last story before we move on um i just want to touch on this a little bit uh nikon introduced a mirrorless or mirrorless cameras plural the j1 and the v1 um in the um looking at this this release here it's a the new Nikon one system lenses with a ten point one megapixel c x format lens and uh what's the other one I'm trying to find it in here anyway we're gonna link to all this stuff in the in the show notes but um the the thing that I want to get to the nugget of this particular story is mirrorless and going mirrorless is this the trend of the future is this where things are going uh, you know to our to our working pros all three of you guys is this is this the next body that i'm going to be buying a mirrorless camera throw it to you first uh jack um well there's a lot i, ca- I can't say um because of the the companies involved um, of course I, I, yeah. I will say the canon is coming out with some announcement at the end of the month i don't know what it is uh and if i did of course the um uh, Canon ninjas would uh, would hunt me down, and, and well, I don't want to talk about what they would do <laughs> and remove um, parts of your body that you need. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we, we won't go about that. But the thing that I've been saying for quite a while is the fact that that uh, the DSLRs are based on ancient uh, parameters um, on you know 35 millimeter, which has never been a, a great uh, a system, just because. To get that little bit of extra that you don't use on an eight by ten, you have to carry around very uh, lenses that are a lot larger than they need to be. That if we get away from that and go into different formats, and I, I don't know if mirrorless is, is going now uh, first step in that direction, but once we get a, away from the traditional um, camera specs that we've been dealing with, I think we're going to come out with a lot more interesting cameras, uh, different sizes, different shapes. Um, different uh, capabilities and a lot smaller and a lot lighter and smaller and lighter means you're more likely to have a good camera with you yeah um, you know the reasons we take point and shoots it's like oh god i don't want to drag you know this bazooka around i just want to take some pictures <laughs> uh, and now i i think you're going to get cameras that that are going to be a lot smaller and uh, the quality is just getting better and better and better uh um, I don't know too much about this. I did see the um, the Canon concept camera that uh, they showed um, um, oh, oh, almost a year ago now. Um, and it was just a concept camera, just like a concept car. But it was, you know, instead of what we're used to, it was just a, like a unibody. And you just 
put your hand along the side of the lens and that would zoom it and the resolution was something incredible and i think that's the direction we're going into rather than looking at what's coming out uh next week next month next year i think you start thinking about what may be coming out in five years and i think we're going to be seeing um completely different animals yeah yeah lots of change coming down um, before we continue, guys, another quick nod to one of our sponsors, Squarespace.com. They're the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. Um, they're basically the site for people that want to get a really good-looking site launched and up and on the Internet fast and easy. They've got an easy-to-use user interface for creating and managing your website or your blog. They're optimized for beginners and people who understand what the acronym CSS means. They've got design templates that you can use as a starting point and then tweak it however much or little that you want to fit your needs. We've got apps on the iPhone and iPad so you can update your blog and and blog while you're sitting on the train or whatever, all that kind of cool stuff. And one of the coolest things is they've got 24-7 support. In case something goes wrong with your site or you're stuck on some particular thing, you can call them up and or email them and get support to uh, to get through that. So all kinds of integration with all the usual usual players, Google Maps, social media, all the social media sites, Flickr, we've got forms, all this kind of stuff in there. It's uh, it's really robust, and it's, all, of course, in the cloud, meaning it's not sitting on a server somewhere. Well, it is sitting on a server, but it's yeah. sitting on redundant servers in the sky, which is what the cloud is, right? Um, but uh, if you'd like a free trial, you can head over to squarespace.com. Just go directly to squarespace.com. Sign up for a free account. You don't need a credit card. You can try it out, build your website, tweak it to your heart's de- de- delight. And if you decide that you want to purchase that site, use the offer code TWIP. 10 that's twip10 and you'll get 10% off for 6 months at squarespace.com and punch in the offer code twip10 all right crew it's time for the listener Q&A segment of the show this is where our guests answer questions that have come in from our the twip audience via our website or forums or facebook group twitter google plus Everywhere. So if you want to sub- submit users, listeners, if you want to submit your questions, just uh, find us and shoot a question over and we'll integrate it into the show. So the first question is from Ribshots in the forums, and they'd like to know, if I buy a limited edition photograph, how do I know if the edition is actually limited? So if I buy a, if I buy a print from Sarah France and she said, this is one of 20 that I'm making how can I be sure that it's one of 20? Sarah? <laughs> I, <laughs> Trust me. Oh, yeah. Well, um, you know, I don't really know much about verifying this sort of thing. I mean, really, it depends on kind of where you're getting it from, from what I would understand. If if I was someone buying a, a photo that's like a limited edition, um, basically, I think... I think I would be more concerned about the source of like where I'm getting it than if it is a limited edition. I think that's going to come with the credibility of where you're getting it. So if you're buying a limited edition from, I don't, I don't even know a strange source, but like um, if you're buying from a gallery, I'm sure that they have verified that it is a limited edition. Yeah. And I don't, I don't it's know. It's a reputable gallery, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was kind of checking some stuff online to see if there was anyone 
who is checking this stuff or and and you can find i mean people who will um who will, that are personal consultants that are basically go and and figure out for sure if it is a reputable um, source that you got it from and if it is for sure a limited edition how many are out there and that sort of thing if you really care but I think I would be more concerned about the trust of where you're getting the image than um, than you know just verifying it specifically right. but you guys might have some better input on that I don't really do limited edition anything except yeah. No. Well, it's 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 very important in the fine art world, and, and as you said, the provenance of it, the the reputation and everything is is important. I, I think it's a great question, but um, it, it also has to do with the documentation. Um, I recently traded some prints with uh, Jay Maisel, and and Jay, you know, pulls out a big book, and they carefully mark down in the book that you know who's getting the image and what number it is in that edition. Um, and uh, he's very careful on how his prints go, even when he's giving them to friends. Um, but a lot of it these days, too, is the way information's flowing like a tsunami out there these days. Uh, it doesn't take much for someone to find out that uh, there's something wrong and spread the news. Um, I just had something online um, uh, where somebody was t- – Somebody was uh, going around showing that this photographer was using other people's pictures on his website. And, uh, boy, that went around very quickly on the Internet. Um, your reputation is is very important, and it's a, a very small world getting smaller and smaller. And and your reputation in the photography world is like your virginity. Um, you lose it, it's gone. It's not going to be coming back. Um, you know, unless you go to a third world doctor and uh, get some shady operation done, maybe you can get your virginity back. But it's um, that's awesome. It, that's all like I might say. I love it. But it, it, does. it does. It it does come down to trust, and it does come down to um, uh, paperwork, and it comes down to um, um, being able to look at the paperwork and, and verifying it. But if it ever comes under question. Um, if you can't uh, justify it and show that this is what the addition is, you will see the price of your images going down. And there's people out there getting, getting, you know, uh, five and six figures for their prints, and, and they're very careful about that. Yeah. What about you, Rick? Rick, have you had any uh, limited editions uh, printed of your work? No, I haven't. Uh, I don't actually make uh, that many prints. I had one exhibit, my first exhibit uh, in the Soho. Last at, uh, at the Soho Gallery in New York City last year, but yeah, no, I I don't really do that, so I'm not an expert on that for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, the next question um, that we're going to take, the second and only question, is from Ryan. He wants to know about medium medium raw files. So medium raw on a 7D is 10 megapixels versus 18 megapixels using full raw. Am I getting a dynamic range benefit of a 10 megapixel native camera when using medium raw? So we've got all of our Canon experts on the show. Someone should be able to answer this. So Rick Salmon, I'm going to throw it to well, you. You got to know well, this. Well, all I would say is that if uh, Ryan, you know, or anyone buys a 7D, and, and you want the best quality image because you might make the biggest quality print, or you might crop a picture to make uh, a big print of some of the image, why would you shoot anything but full raw? Yeah. Right? I mean, right, Jack? Uh, I, I agree. Uh, I don't see any reason unless you're, you're doing uh, something where you want to capture a lot on a, on a card. I, I just um, um, 
I just came back from a cruise going to Venice, and as the ship was going into uh, the Grand Canal, I hooked up a camera on the rail with the intervalometer, if I could ever say that, um, my pocket wizard, and just you know shoot shot a couple hundred shots, you know one every ten seconds as as the boat was coming in. Something like that, I might want to use a smaller thing. But I think the question is wrong. It's um, the size of the file isn't going to affect the dynamic range. The dynamic range is going to be affected by the pixel depth, mm-hmm. not by the number of pixels. Um, if he's asking for, is he going to get a full range on it? Yeah, the pixels are each are still going to collect the full range of tones as far as I know. I'm not an expert on this particular question, but when I look at it and I see the word dynamic range, that's telling me uh, how much information I'm getting from the lightest to the darkest um, uh, tones in it, and that's more a question of pixel depth, not the size of of the file. Uh, that's why when, when you had a, a point-and-shoot that was like 10 megapixels and you really can't compare it to a DSLR that's 10 megapixels because the point-and-shoots were traditionally about a 10-bit depth where the DSLRs might be a 12 to 14-bit depth. And every time you go up that much, it's like going up another um, uh, format size uh, with the amount of information you're getting. So Mm -hmm. it it was one of those things. It's a marketing thing. I think we've gotten lost in this this, – uh, megapixel battle with how many megapixels and it's it's never the number of megapixels it's the quality of each pixel and the pixel depth that was one of the numbers I always looked at when I was looking at cameras in fact um, I didn't use my medium format as much when Canon finally came out with um, you know being able to capture 16-bit depth on their cameras um, when it was 12 I, I would still go to um, um, I would still go to uh, uh, my medium format, but once the Camons came out with that pixel depth, it was like, you know, this is this is more than I need. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Rick? Where do you fall on the the whole megapixel seven versus yada 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 on the Canon side? Well, I always shoot. You know, I always shoot uh, raw. If I'm serious, but you know, this little point and shoot camera, I'm shooting uh, JPEGs. Um, I, I just, you know, they, 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 no, I'm a point and shoot camera. I mean, it's a fun. Your camera. point and shoot will shoot raw, right? Mm, one of my point and shoots. I, I think this one only shoots uh, JPEGs. I have to look. I, ju- I just got it in the mail today. My my G10, my G uh, my G10 shoots uh, shoots raw. But my my middle name is you know Rick Raw Rule Salmon. I actually have I actually I actually have T-shirts. Rick Raw Salmon. I love it. Raw, raw rules. because raw, raw, raw 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 rules. Got Say it. that ten times fast. Raw rules. I like I like raw salmon better. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's called sushi. Exactly. <laughs> um, see, now the show. We should just. Downhill. We're just going to shorten your name all together and just call you sushi. There you go. <laughs> okay, I'll go for that. There you go. Nice. But it's it's uh, I as Rick says, you know, it's the right tool for the right thing that you're doing, and if and if JPEG's gonna do it because it's a point and shoot that for what the stuff he's shooting and the way he's going to display it. Yeah. Uh, and Rick's a good enough photographer that he'll get, he'll nail the exposure in the shot. So a JPEG will work for him. But um, I think there's a lot of people out there still shooting JPEG, not realizing what they're giving up um, uh, by not shooting raw. Yeah. Jack, well, I-, I have a, I have a question. Is there an, you know, I get this question all the time from people who I'm trying to explain the megapixel thing to, and I haven't figured out an easy way to explain it to them that, um, 
it's not all about megapixels. Is there anything that, you know, what you said was genius and, and easy to explain, but is there an easy way to tell people what they need to look for when it comes to pixel depth, like how and where they should be looking for that information and how to translate it? Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I've, talked about it and i got a couple slides in my in my lecture but i don't know anybody that's really attacked it that much i mean it's something i guess you can google and find a a bunch of information but it it all has to do with the math and you know how it's it's all you know two to the what power when you talk about um a bit depth of of 10 um it's 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 uh two to the 10th power uh and you start seeing what that logarithmic um, uh, escalation does, and you suddenly realize just how many more tones you have to work with. I, what we try and explain it's it's you, more dip bit depth is having a bigger box of crayons. Um, that's been one of the traditional uh, ways of explaining it. That uh, less bit depth, it's it's like having the eight eight color crayon box, and if you you know go up um, from uh, ten megapixels to twelve, you're now dealing with the you know 144 crayon box. Um, you have more stuff to work with. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's a good way to explain it too. Totally. Thanks. <laughs> All right, My guests. <laughs> guests, we've come to that time on the show where each of you gets to give your pick of the week, and remember, a pick can be software, hardware, gear, workshop. Whatever, as long as it's somehow even tangentially related to photography. So, Sarah France, I'll throw it to you first. What is your pick of the week? So, my pick of the week is the is actually an event. It's a conference, and it's the Pictage Partner Conference, 2011. It um, this year is in San Diego, my hometown. That's why I sing the word San Diego. (laughs) Um, because you don't have to pay for staying in the hotel, right? <laughs> I know. Even though I'm going to stay in the hotel anyways, because they're at the Hard Rock. I mean, it is literally seven minutes from my house, but I still want to stay at the Hard Rock, so I'm going to stay. But, um, it, you know, this conference is like, well, you know, Frederick, you've yes, been you've I've been, been to it, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's small and intimate, but yet it has that feel of like a a bigger conference like there's a lot of speakers there's a lot packed into it um but it has that intimate feel like you get to meet everybody and see everybody and um you really get to intermingle with all the speakers and stuff too so after they speak you can ask them questions and you're all hanging out together so um i'm doing a shooting workshop in my favorite place to shoot in the world, downtown San Diego. So, um, there's a, and there's a ton of shooting workshops. So it's going to be a really cool conference. I think we're going to put a link to it, um, on the sites and, um, I just encourage people to come because I think it's an accessible place to come. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super stoked about the venue. I I don't think they could have picked a better hotel. It's my favorite hotel. And, um, I think it's just going to be really great. What are the, what are the dates? Um, you, you would ask me the dates. I think it's no, <laughs> November. Hold on. One second. November 7th through the 9th. 7th through the 9th. It's okay. a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, first week in November, really. I mean. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks, Sarah. Yeah, of course. Mr. Rick Salmon, what is your pick of the week? Well, coincidentally, uh, when Jack mentioned in- intervalometer, or tried to mention intervalometer. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he said well, interval have, meter. Well, that's, 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 it's like a speedometer on your car, right? Yes. It, it does the same thing. It does the same thing. Anyway, uh, something like that is called a promote control. You, have you heard about this? No. This is a, this is a device that uh, plugs into your camera. Frederick, I sent you a link cause, uh, uh, so you could share it with, uh, with all the listeners. It's called a promote control. And what it does is it plugs into your camera, and if you're into HDR, you can set up like you know custom bracketing sequences. You could set your you could set your camera to lock up the mirror uh, before a shoot. You could do time lapse photography. You could do a bunch of these things. You can control the, um, the your camera remotely with this uh, with this really cool device. It is a little expensive. It's three hundred and twenty nine bucks. But if you're really into like time lapse photography and HDR photography, uh, this is really a cool device. Very cool. The Promote Controller. Very cool. Uh, actually, I used to say Promote Controller. It's actually called Promote Control. Promote Control. Got it. All right. And Mr. Jack Resnicki, what is your pick of the week? Uh, my pick is well, actually, I'm going to ask Sarah a quick question before I, I give my pick of the week. Sarah, are, are you a member of PPA as a wedding photographer? Um, I'm not. I'm probably okay. should be, but <laughs> well, I should just lie right now. Yeah, totally, I am. <laughs> well, no, it's it's one of the reasons you should for as a as a professional wedding photographer. And my pick of the week is uh, PPA membership. They announced this week uh, that they are giving fifteen thousand dollars worth of equipment insurance uh, to all their members for free. Um, and uh, it's, that's wow. quite a feature. Um, yeah. They also have with your included in your that's included in your membership. Also included in your membership, which I think is even more important, is they have an indemnification trust. They uh, indemnify their members, which means if you're a wedding photographer and uh, something really weird happens, like um, uh, your alarm clock doesn't go off and uh, you f- you didn't get to the wedding. Um, they will make it right. Their indemnification trust takes over. Their legal people take over. Um, they also, if your hard drive crashes, they will. Uh, there's a deductible, but they will pay for the majority of recovering the images from your file. So my pick of the week is a PPA membership. I think that um, the benefits uh, outweigh what you're paying, and it's uh, a true trade association. So they do a lot for photographers that for-profit associations don't do. They do a lot of lobbying in Washington um, for uh, uh, different issues like health care and copyright protection. Um, there are voice out there. But right now, this, this new announcement they just made this week about $15,000 worth of uh, equipment insurance um, I, I think is a huge thing. They're basically taking about a million dollars and plowing it back into their membership. Wow. What, awesome. are, what are we looking I, at for a membership fee, Jack? Is it a yearly? You know, I don't know anymore, um, and it depends what level you're going into. You could you could be an aspiring member, but I don't know what if you get all the benefits. But I, I know it's a it's a little over three hundred dollars. We'll we'll um, dig it up and we'll put it in the show notes for this. Well, uh, and I had heard, and you can tell me if this is right, but um, they also have like group health insurance plans. I'd heard that. I haven't actually checked into it. No, that's one of the things that we've been lobbying for. Um, the problem is that every state has its own insurance laws. And um. 
And unless Congress gives you an exemption like they did for the auto workers, you cannot have a national health plan. This is something we've been lobbying about for a long time. I, when I was on the board of directors, this was one of the things we went to Washington to actually lobby about is to get a national um, health insurance uh, policy for uh, trade associations like ours. And there's a lot of people trying to get it. But unfortunately, the in, insurance commissioners in every state are probably the most powerful people in the state right behind the governor. And, you know, they try to protect their um, their territory, so to speak. So um, you can't have the same insurance policy nationwide, um, even though we'd love to do that. Um, but there are so many other benefits. Um, there was a friend of mine in California, Michael Taylor, who's a portrait photographer. He got sued by um, clients who were a pair of lawyers, and he was late with their their picture at Christmas because the lab didn't deliver it to them or there was some problem. They didn't have it at Christmas. And they sued him for like $90,000. And basically mm-hmm. he called PPA and the indemnification trust took over and uh, they worked it out. Uh, he didn't have to do anything or worry that, you know, he was he was going to face this huge suit and defend himself with, you know, his own lawyers and everything. PPA yeah. took it over. So, it, Sarah, I, I highly recommend it's it's uh, good protection to be a member. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And I looked up the price. It's um three twenty three for a year as a professional active aspiring photographer is one ninety four. There you go. All right. There you go. All hey, right. Fred, I, go ahead. Fred, can I jump in and just say one thing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh Sarah, you're you're new to me. Uh I just want to say uh well uh during the show I was on your blog and your site. Just wonderful, wonderful work. Oh, thank you. The black and white of the baby and the black background and the cute little feet and the cute little <laughs> face with the catch light in the eyes. So uh, Jack knows I think he's the greatest. Frederick knows I think he's the greatest. So very, very nice work. Thank yeah. you. Yep. Sarah, Sarah knows her stuff, definitely. <laughs> so, so Rick, are you going to have like a screen implanted into the back of your hand one of these days? <laughs> he it is plugged like you're, in. You're always on. He's well, always actually, on. I'm introducing that on Creative Live uh, uh, in, uh, in in two weeks. Sam and Hand Cam. <laughs> yep. Sam oh my gosh. Nice. All right, oh, guys. My Sam my pick Hand is Cam. is relatively obvious, and though it's not out yet, it's going to be the iPhone 4S, and in particular the camera that's in that thing. So I'm uh, I'm lusting after it. Want to try it out and uh, see if it's. Well, we know it's going to be better than iPhone 4 camera, but see if it's a replacement for a point-and-shoot camera. So I'm going to play with that, and that's my pick of the week. Steve Jobs would be so proud. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we are at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. Rick Salmon, where would you like people to go to find out more about the stuff that you got your fingers into? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Rick. <laughs> well, they, they could just go to Rick Sav. You said it, RickSavin.info. Everything's. I changed it to dot com to info because I'm really, I really am all about info. I really like teaching. I like sharing. So they go to RickSavin.info. Everything is uh, linked from there. Awesome. And Thank you. You're welcome. And Mr. Jack Resnicki, where can people go to find out about you? Well, uh, my website, which I haven't changed in, in a while, uh, at Resnicki.com, and that's Resnicki with a Z. And an I at the end, R E Z N I C K I. But they'll probably get more information uh, with the uh, copyright zone, thecopyrightzone.com, that I do with Ed Greenberg. And we have a lot of good um, uh, legal information for photographers there. 
Okay. And the, and the book is linked to from there as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, perfect. And Sarah France, where are you at online? Um, well, I have a few places to find me, but of course you can find me on Twitter, Sarah France, and then um, on my website, sarahfrance.com. But I also have a bag company. We didn't talk about that in the intro, but um, the bag company is Gobi Bags, and it's gobibags.com. You can find me there. And then we have aperture trainings that are available, and the Gobi Bags are available at Adorama. And if you want to check out Aperture Trainings and download them, you can also go to shop.sarahfrance.com. Lots of places to find me these days. Very cool. I didn't know your bags were on Adorama. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. And they're running a special on the guys' bags. Just thought you should know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we'll check them out. All right. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, to the audience, if you'd like to keep up with everything in the This Week in Photo universe, just head over to, you guessed it, thisweekinphoto.com. There you'll find links to all of our online presences. And also, please support the show by leaving us a nice comment on iTunes. We need some comments up there. And speaking of iTunes, check out the TWIP podcast app. It's a handy way to keep up with the show's instantly as they're released. And if you're looking for me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can find me at frederickvan.com. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.